strap in and hold on tight as we get high on the roller coaster that is life. We're your host, Melania and Jordan, and welcome to our podcast where we discuss all kinds of topics, experiences, tips, and tricks to help you roll through life with some sense of direction, or at the very least, fake it till you make it. This week's topic is TV through the years, kind of. The decades! Through the decades, but only four of them. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, like... We know what TV is now. We've kind of touched on that kind of yeah. midness, so we're just going to kind of, you know, talk about it. Yeah. It was 50 years ago, because that's what it was. Yeah. That's kind of wild to me, isn't it? That's, that's just crazy. Really real. That's real, real um, wild. Do you want to do high lows? Yeah, we can do some high lows. Not that there's anything really, you know... Great going on. I mean, it's pretty mediocre in my life. Uh, oh, no. So, uh, I guess... Okay, you want to talk about your Great Plains? And my Great Plains. <laughs> yes, it'd be great. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk about this mesa. Uh, right it's now. actually like a mesa where you just go up and then it just plateaus for a long time. We're tapering. <laughs> We're getting into different geological forms. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the plus side is is my dad is going to be coming into town. Roy, Roy, he's going to be coming up uh, tomorrow night and staying for a day, and so I get to hang out with him. Uh, just you know, really quick little high because he's in a golfing hey. tournament tomorrow Hi. in K State. So he was like, "I just said, come on up," and I was like, "Sure." So yeah, it's just like funny because like he is in Kansas. And Casey's like what three hours from where you guys are? Uh, from like from my hometown, it's about two and a half, two and three, a half. like and depending. Like, oh, I'm already halfway there. I might as well go up to Omaha. Well, I mean, at that point, it's only yeah. two and a half to three extra hours. So yeah. it's like, might I mean, yeah, it's just like another little day trip. So he's just like, yeah, I'm gonna. He got up to Kansas City last night. The golfing tournament is. Or no, tonight. Sorry, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> Everything's blending. Uh, he co- he goes up to Casey tonight, and then he has a tournament tomorrow, and then that night he's going to come. So it's not like he's doing it all in one day. And so that that's exciting. I haven't seen him in a while. Um, but other than that, it's just you know, same shit. Daily grind. I'm trying to find a home. Try trying not to be homeless. <laughs> Which I mean, I'm not worried about being homeless but it's just like you're a little worried about being homeless it's more just like what kind of home i'm just trying to mentally prepare myself and it's just impossible to do because at this point it's like "Mm, either could be surprise (laughs) so it's like how how do i plan for this without not going too in detail about it and i'm trying to do all of my signatures like last minute if there's a house you're like okay fine fuck it or do you think you'll be like okay i guess we're gonna if right. we end up finding a house, like, because I'm, we're, we've already been looking at, you know, short-term lease apartments and okay. things like that. So within like six-month leases or fewer, if possible. Yeah. Um, that, and that that makes me more comfortable. That way, you're not feeling like you're like getting yeah. shoved into a corner, and this is your home that you. Oh have God, no! Because there are some things that I I will not budge on, and one of them is I'm not going to have a losing investment. The yeah. reason why I'm buying a house and why I'm so dead set on buying a house, even in this godforsaken market, is because I want it to be an investment. Yeah, it's, uh, that's it's the whole home. point. Yeah, I want to build the equity, so when I move to wherever the hell I want to move. I actually have something substantial to put towards it yeah. and not just like, well, now my loan's going to be crazy expensive because 
the area in which we live is crazy expensive. I'll have at least some grounding to help me through that. And that'll bring down mortgage payments and interest rates and all that good stuff, adult stuff. So we've we've talked about that. And so while we're looking at those apartments, we're still going to be house hunting because if we find it within that time frame. It's really easy to find an apartment. It's harder to find a short term. Oh, 100. But you can literally get into an apartment in days. Days. Yeah, I can get. And if it's like temporary, it's temporary. Right, right. Like I've, I've told Adam, I said, if we sign a contract and everything like that for an apartment, Given the deposit, that's non-refundable, whatever. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and we end up finding a house that allows us that le- leeway. Well, usually it's only the... Then, bye bye I'll just... It's usually only the application that's not yeah. non-refundable, but the deposit is. Well, I'm just like, I don't care how much I would be walking away because yeah. I know the greater value would be towards this. Like, right. that's where I'm at. Right. Where, and we've given ourselves even, like, a wiggle room of a week. So if our house closes, like early July after when our lease is up now, we'll be with Shannon in her house Mm. as a transition. But obviously if it's going to be way later, we'll figure out that whole apartment thing. So it's just the balance of it. And of course the clock is ticking and we're going to be going into a Mercury retrograde on the 29th. And I'm like, I really don't want to be signing paperwork after that, but I'm going to have to at this point. So I think as long as I put good in... I think as long as I put good energy into it when I'm signing. It's all good. Because I put so much goddamn work into this. So that's been my crazy life. Yeah. It's been insane. It's been crazy. Yeah. How's, you, how's, how's your life been? Um, It has been crazy, but I'm actually feeling really good about the crazy. Um, I've been going to the gym, doing the yoga still, the workouts, I've been bringing my food to work and I work at a restaurant. So that's like unheard of. You're killing it there. Saving some money and eating healthier and feeling a little bit better about that. Um, I've been also waking up early, making coffee at home too. So like, I'm just trying to do like all these little things. I feel like every day for like the past week, I've been like living 10 years in like one day so that's something I always feel like I don't have enough hours in the day which I still don't <laughs> but like 10 more extra hours to sleep agreed but I feel like I'm being a lot more conscious about what I'm doing and also okay with me sitting down for a little bit if I need to mm-hmm. but also not staying in bed all day which obviously good for the depression but i also hate the humidity right now oh my god it is very humid the worst part of my week like i've been working a lot and i'm gonna keep working a lot because um it's just that time of year a lot of people are going out of town we have graduation so there's a lot of request offs and stuff but like i have my what 13 11 days requested off of work so like i'm like i will work all the days and I'm going to be out for almost half a fucking month, so. <laughs> not, sorry, not sorry on That's that like one. really all I'm working towards right now. And I'm excited. We got plane ticket spot. We got all the Airbnbs paid for. All the good stuff. All the shit. All the plans are coming together. I love it. Exciting. Oh, I did, yeah. I did forget a big plus. Today, Ted graduates high school. Ted? Ted. Nephew Ted. Nephew Ted. Yes. Oh, I was like, Who's he's, Sorry. he's a, nope, he's officially an adult, so he's wow. going to be going to UNL next year. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, he's wanting to go into, I believe, uh, 
I'm not sure specifically, but I believe it's like criminal um, justice. I'm not sure either. Well, yeah, but like, <laughs> I mean, when you're 19, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. 18, 19, like you would, I, I changed like seven times what I wanted to do. I still don't know what I want to do. Welcome to my life. Like, <laughs> it's just how it is. Like, no comment. <laughs> Just like I'm in my thirties and I'm still like I don't know I kind of like this but I would like well why not but yeah it's graduating live life as a nomad and yeah I I keep going I either want to be in an RV or I want a cabin in the middle of nowhere surrounded by trees I want to be the old creepy cottage witch see not cottage core I mean like like, I love that I want that but I also like need that hustle and bustle of like a city I don't I know you don't I do I don't know what it is in me like growing up in a small town there's no such thing as hustle and bustle so I was like sweet yeah no I'm I'm like I could I like being in the city I also love being in the country but I feel like I couldn't live Super like, reclusive. That's why it's like I could be like I could drive around and be like in the country for you know some time, mm-hmm. but then also I can go to a city and yeah. I I will say I the one thing I would like in that dream scenario is that I'm still not too far away from like a, a grocery store, and like a Target or a Walmart. I know that sounds terrible or something similar. Uh, and a movie theater isn't super, super far away for when things get back to normal. Because that's, like, the one thing yeah, Adam and I like to do. Movies. Yeah. That's, like, the one thing we're, like... Even before the whole COVID shutting shit down, I maybe went to two movies in the last four years. Like, we... I think the last movie we saw was, like, Frozen 2. I think that was the last movie. Mine which was Bohemian Rhapsody, and I made a point to go see that in theaters. Mm-hmm. I think I talked about that already. Yeah. I really had to make a point. And then before that, I think it was like Jurassic World, the first one. Yeah, it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild in that aspect, for sure. For sure. But let's get into it. Should we do it? Let's do do it. it. Okay, I do it. Let's start. We're going to start in the 60s. So as majority of us know, uh, 50s is where TV really started, but the 70s or 60s is when it started to kind of come into um, a little bit more of itself. You transitioned from black and white to color during this time. Lighthearted sitcoms and comedies really ruled the day as um, most watch series were like Dick Van Dyke Show, everyone knows that name, The Beverly Hillbillies, and The Andy Griffin Show. Oh my god. <laughs> like, yeah. you're hitting home. Yeah, so like, you could still find a channel that's probably playing one of those right now. Yeah, like, the old Nick at Night. Yeah. Oh, that was, I missed Nick at Night. Like, those were great, because I would just like, throw it on and be like, Bewitched, and like, mm. yeah. And I have Bewitched on here as yeah. well. Uh, there were countless shows of the 60s that had a touch of Supernatural, Science fiction or fantasy. Segway. <laughs> right? Bewitch, yeah, yeah. Star Trek, and the Addams Family, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, those are among the highest rated in that category. The Addams um, Family still slaps to still this day. Slaps. You throw on any episode and you're just like, this you is amazing. And everyone knows what to do next. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everything was just fucking beautiful. Yeah, so you have a lot of... Um, I just feel like those three alone, you not even in that category, like those are the most still recognizable. recognizable mm-hmm. so. 
that decade. Um, With a pinch of, like, I Dream of Jeannie, only because the costume was more, like... <laughs> yeah. The costume and hair was really more iconic I than the show. Yeah. And it, it was because she was so scandalous showing her navel. How dare she? And then you got the Batman. Um, we also have Batman. Oh, my God. I love that. Um, there's honestly so many that feels like also got us into um, the 70s. And a lot of the shows from the 60s, like, are being are still being remade. Like, you have Hawaii Five-0, um, you know... There's lots of movies that were based off these. So you have, like, Get Smart as well. Oh, God, Get Smart is so good. Yeah. The shoe phone just kills me every time. Um, sorry. The Brady Bunch, obviously, everyone knows the Brady Bunch. Um, so, yeah, there's just a lot that came out of the 60s. Like, I have a quick question. Were yeah. the Avengers in the 60s? Yes, they were in the 60s I love the well. Avengers. They're just, like, not obviously Marvel. This was like a husband-wife duo yeah. that were like spies and just, they actually made a movie out of it in the 90s with Uma Thurman. But, I did not know that. Yes. Uh, welcome to your weird fact of the day. But it was just, Thank a, you. It's, it's just that beautiful campy sexiness that we all love. Yeah. But I was just like, I love the Avengers. Both kinds. Both kinds. She likes Both Avengers. Kinds. She likes to be. All the she Avengers. Likes, she likes Avenge. <laughs> You avenge, baby. <laughs> you get your revenge on. Um, okay, so also part of the 60s was you have, like, those super, like, the theme songs. Very whimsical classic during that decade. You also see some of those rural-themed military-inspired shows. Mm-hmm. Um, like Green Acres. Oh but God. towards the end of the 60s, as people became more socially conscious, those declined in viewers eventually mixed those but going into the 70s um you kind of see that that rural tv going away and you're going more into the tv starting to push the boundaries mm-hmm. um this the is hard also, topics yeah hard talk topics uh you have your first openly gay men i say men because females didn't come till later um also bigotry and people confronting bigotry in the shows as well. And these are, like, family shows that also had, like... Oh, yeah. What, I mean, like, yeah. that's what All in the Family was. He yeah. was a bigot man. And then some people trying to... To, to ease know. him up, yeah. And then that's where yeah. the Jeffersons also and come then, in. Yeah, you have whole black families. And when I say whole f- black families, I mean black families with a father figure that wasn't... In there was no the projects and there was no stereotyping of yeah. like you don't know your parents kind of dumb bullshit. Yeah, that we still see today. Um, yep. You also see therapy being addressed on mm-hmm. TV. You have female leads and female writers, and then this is also the age of spinoffs. Oh my Everything god! Everything had a spinoff, and a lot of times those spinoffs were super successful just because they already had the base, the roots from other shows. Um, the seventies was also kind of like the last campfire TV decade where mm-hmm. everyone gathered in the living room and watched TV because there was only one TV in the house. I have two now, but I honestly only had one for like the last years and years. Of I plead life. the fifth. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like when I, you know, 
I mean, when it it's was funny, just like, me. Thinking that, like, it was kind of like that always, but it's like in the 80s when you have all the other, we all know the retail therapy and that. Oh, stuff, yeah. Yeah. People wanted more. So it was really like the last decade where, you know, you had your three channels and then PBS and, like, you had different nights. Like, you literally didn't go out on Saturday nights because it had the all star lineup and, um, also, there's different nights of the week. Like, you don't even... Yeah, it's like, oh, to... this is my Thursdays. I can't. My yeah. show's on in Thursdays. And Thursdays was a big night, especially for comedy. Mm-hmm. That you don't even, like, didn't want to take that on. And sit- sitcoms were, like, the bread and butter of the 70s. And then, of course, along came MASH, as everyone knows, where you... It Sin totally changed. Is painless. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's all she's going to say. Um, which changed, I feel like, TV forever between how it was filmed to have that cinematic edge to it. It was the first TV show that we really saw that had movie-like scenes to it. Mm-hmm. And then now you see Marvel Universe or whatever. And was. you're like, oh, this is cute. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. the TV shows you see now mm-hmm. and all the scenes, and especially when you think of like those thrillers or whatever. They didn't also have the real life and situational comedy that MASH had too. So I felt like MASH was like obviously a huge staple of the 70s. Like when I think of 70s TV, I think of, of course, I'm going to have to mention Mary Tyra Moore. Oh my God. Because we know we love. Well, I mean, she's iconic. Yeah. Like literally iconic. Single woman doesn't need a man. She broke boundaries. Boundaries. So. For me, the 70s is like Mary Tyler Moore ruled the 70s. Oh, and then you have Charlie's Angels, and then you have Matt. I was going to say, I, I'm going to throw Wonder Woman out there just because <laughs> Linda Carter pulled off that ridiculously, like, crazy outfit. Yeah. And, you know, cheesy spinning, and she fucking nailed it. Because at that point, the only real superhero shows we had was, like, Batman. And we all know Batman, like, the TV show with Adam West and everything like that. It was campy beyond all camp because that's how they marketed it. And that's how they decided to do it. And so you had just this base of the only superheroes are goofy. This is also during, like, the Silver Age of comics. So, of course, everything is stupid and doesn't make sense. I shouldn't say stupid, but everything is like, what are you doing? So it really had this goofy factor. And then you finally get Wonder Woman where, you know, it's going to be cheesy, but at least she's not, like, overtly campy to the point where you're like, oh, my God, what? It was a nice is this there. it really was it really was so I will always be like Linda Carter yeah. you're amazing so yeah um, I was like Wonder Woman I'm I mean I love all those things but I'm not that's just you know that's your thing you know until I get it until I get it <laughs> I love Mary Tyler Moore oh no don't get me wrong <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore is amazing she covered yeah. a, like I said broke a lot of boundaries talked a lot about like they, didn't they talk about, like, her being on the pill? Like, yeah. it somehow came yeah, out in an was, episode? There, Well, yeah, there was a joke about that. So there's that also. Um, it's like they made sure that they didn't jeopardize the character in the writing of comedy. Because a mm-hmm. lot of times women can be the butt of a, like, we're, we're dumb, like, we're mindless. We do this, this, and this. Like, or some form of never, trauma has to happen to the woman for anything yeah. important to happen. They never, like, jeopardize, like, 
their intelligence mm-hmm. for a joke. And I that's why I love the writing. But it's also, like, the first time you're like, this show is about a female lead. Like, we need female writers. Right. So, like, you see that in the writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love. I love it. Beautiful. Um, also, in the 70s, we see censorship in um, the government try to step in and what at what times certain content should be aired. And a lot of people from different shows rallied because, you know, go back to freedom of speech, Mm -hmm. freedom of expression. It's not the network's job to parent children. It is the parent's job to parent children, which Mm -hmm. we still have those conversations today because parents want to talk about artists and their freedom of expression and like video games kids. And it's like, okay, they're your fucking kid. Right. Beyonce is not supposed to be parenting your kid. She parents her own kids. Yeah. Little Moss. Not supposed to be parenting your kid. No, even Cardi B. She's like, oh, Cardi guess B. what? I don't let my daughter listen to that. So if you listen, let your daughter, I, I, like, I, one of my favorite things yeah. was she was like, I make music for adults. My daughter is not an adult. So sorry, I just hit something. Um, So I'm, you know, she's not going to listen to my music. Why would you let your child do that? That's not my yeah. fault. You're an adult. You have cognitive, like, processing. Come on. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Luckily, they actually did win, but, I mean, there's still censorship in TV, but, you know, like I said, the 70s is when you started to see that that corner turning of certain things that weren't ever talked about on TV or starting to be talked about, mm-hmm. but there was so much of that in the early 70s that you also, mid-70s, you start to see shows about more simpler times and peace because, you know, there's all kinds of shit going on. Yeah. Outside of your TV that, you know, people wanted something to come and watch that was more wholesome and like less angry. So you Escapism. Days, Just Sesame Street, like all the Muppet show. The Muppet show. That's how Adam and I start our Saturdays. We watch Saturday morning Muppets. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and then simultaneously, we also see TV get sexier with Charlie's Angels. And oh, yes. TNA and the Love Boat. Company. Oh, yeah. And the cheeky, hey. Yeah. We're getting a little feisty here. Yeah. I think of like that 70s show, even though it was not in the 70s. the 70s, but like you have that same kind of like. They kept that vibe. Sexuality through all of it. That. Yeah, they didn't make it 90s at all. It was always. Yeah. yeah, it was. Or 2000s. It was never 2000s at all. It was always. Even yeah. though. We're filming it here. We want to keep that vibe. Yeah. And I love that. And then the best, I think for us, the best part other than maybe Wonder Woman of the 70s, what we see in TV is um, sketch comedy. We have Monty Python hit the stage, as we know, is one of Melina's favorite. And then also the birth of SNL, which has always been one of my favorites. Oh, SNL classic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, Second City TV. Second City TV, which was like. Canadian. It was Canadian, but it took place outside of Chicago. I think it's it yeah. originally was Canadian, mm-hmm. but it was yeah. in Chicago. And I, Eugene um, Levy, Catherine O'Hara. I mean, classics. The way that they the ran that class. is how I feel like I run my life. Is they just always got by by the skin of their teeth. They made it happen. It always seemed disheveled and whatnot. But here we are. We show up and we fucking do it and every time. Every time. Every time. So I, yeah, I, you know. You know, people think it's, like, a low-rent SNL, but, like, I love that. Oh, no. Like, they 
I mean, it's it was just a smaller budget. They didn't have like a big network right. like NBC behind them because yeah. like the seventies, you only had three real yeah. besides PBS. Yeah. You literally you had, had three, three networks, ones, and that's it. PBS, and that's was. it. It was ABC, CBS, NBC, and that was it. And then PBS, literally nothing else. So if you didn't get a big network to back you, you were at the mercy of whatever was provided to you in the community for PBS or anything like that. And it's just like the amount, I mean, Rick Moranis on there. I mean, the characters were so great and so original, and I just, oh, my God, I love them. Love it. I love it. I mean, seriously, that type of humor really shaped me, just having little bits of, like, sporadic this silliness. Is why, like, I have different skits go on in my head. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think my reality is actually real. No. <laughs> no. We get along for the most part. Me and reality. <laughs> we have a we have a tour de fair where it's not really yeah. healthy. We call it a little yeah. toxic. I just make it happen. Um. Yeah. So that's all I have on the seventies. And uh, we're going to roll on into the 80s, unless you have something else you want to add. Oh, no. No, I think this is a good kind of turning point, too, because talking about the three stations, this is kind of, the 80s is kind of considered the golden age of TV, especially for Gen uh, Gen X and millennials, because this is where things literally changed everything. This is what we talk about when we say the universe is always expanding. uh, Because this is the birth (laughs) This is the decade where cable is really coming into its own. So that means more choices on your TV to pick from than just the big three that we mentioned, ABC, NBC, and uh, CBS. Um, And, I mean, technically it did start in the 70s with HBO and ESPN. But in the 80s, that's where we get CNN, the HBO with uh, Cinemax, MTV, your, you know, TBSs start coming up, things of that nature. And a lot of these may have been born in the 70s, but the 80s is when they, like... Took off. Yeah. Like, really took off. Kind of like you with the 80s and 90s. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So not only from cable, (laughs) apart from cable, there's also new technologies, like the video cassette recorder. Oh home movie systems and home video games and remote control devices all contributed to the decline of the network TV era. And it's because people could record their shows when they wanted to and then watch them later. So they didn't technically have to be there. And with video games, you're not watching TV. You're playing video games. Um, and, I mean, with with a remote, that started channel surfing. So... Click through the channels as fast as you want. See what else is on. Let's go. What's over here? What's this? And so it's really interesting to see the complete change in dynamic in that for sure. Um, it even, but even with these challenges, network TV was still undaunted and managed to even carve out really good shows. Um, the eighties were dominated by one-hour dramas and sitcoms, police, crime, and detective dramas, as well as primetime soap operas. Uh, in an era where, whose culture was dominated by music videos, thanks to MTV, because that's when it got started, as we all it know. It was born in the 80s. It was born in the 80s. Um, by MTV. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's insane. I used to watch music videos on there all the time, TRL, like everyone everybody. knows. Like, that's just, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, 
<laughs> because of the music videos, the extensive use of imagery was responsible for bringing stylish hit TV shows like Knight Rider and Magnum P.I. and Miami Vice, that very stylized, very, like, flashy and just exuberant because yeah. that, I mean, that was the decade in and of itself. But, like, with music videos where you were getting so many people watching these things that were just three minutes long and then were just basically flashes of people yeah. dancing – they had to compete somehow. And I would also like to say that, like, the 80s to me really brought in the family sitcom and kind of was really at home in that era. Yeah. Because, I mean, you kind of got that with the 70s. Yeah, and there's like, a lot of that in the 70s. But, but mean, it's more like it's... couples and this, that, and the other. But in the 80s, you had, like, the Cosby show. The Wonder Years. You had the Wonder Years. You also had... um Oh, you had Alf. You had um, oh, there were so many uh, Punky Brewster, or yeah, Punky oh, Brewster, yeah. and you had uh, Benson, and you had like all of these like big family ones, yeah. huge, good times. I mean, insanity, just how how vast it was. But I mean, like this is also the decade that brought us Cheers, which is one of the longest running sitcoms of all time yeah. with 11 years on the air. And Cheers had a lot of things. It also, oh my God, it's so many things. Yeah. It also gave us one of the best sitcoms of all time, The Golden Girls. Yes. Anybody can fight me because I will fuck you up. Like, I love that show. And I always loved, I always loved Rose. Rose. And then, um, I can't remember Rich. the character. Yeah. No, um, B. Arthur's character. I can't remember her name. Dorothy? No. Dorothy. Dorothy? Yeah, she was Dorothy. Yeah. Yeah, because Sophia was the mom. I had to yeah. remember. Yeah. So Dorothy and um, Rose were always my favorite because I loved how sweet and spacey Rose was. But, oh, B. Arthur's wet. She, oh, my God, I love it. I mean, she was beautiful. In the 70s Perfect. Too, like, literally had her own. Yeah. And then you had, she, oh, yeah. She had just a way of, you know, I feel like she was. She was a special lady. Yeah. So special, and I feel like I see a lot of myself in her because it's like, no, you're wrong. Right. You're she she just did not you're handle bullshit out. at all, yeah. and I loved every second of it. And then you also got like, I feel like this is the start too of like high action shows because we got the A Team, we had MacGyver where there was always exploding and things like that. But um, and again, Night Rider with a car yeah. that's flashy. I mean, chips. All of these big... But you also have, and you can stop me if you want to, but you also have a lot of, like you said, those cop shows. It was a pivoting point for cop shows because mm -hmm. they had, you know, the Hill Street Blues. and It was, like, pro provocative and it, like, challenged mm -hmm. and changed, like, how people thought of cops. And they weren't always the heroes. And there was lots of tra tragedy and situations in those dramas. Um, also kind of like St. Elsewhere as well. Mm -hmm. Like you, I feel like thinking about those, like Orange is the New Black wouldn't be a thing without those because it was like so raw and like so real. And it's like genuinely people are good people, but people are also fucking shady. And I feel like it didn't always glorify. Right. The good guys. Right. Which I think is always important because... Yeah. It doesn't matter what your profession is. You're still a human. You're and still going to have... Young Denzel Washington. Oh, my God. Pretty, pretty man. Pretty man. Yeah, so the 80s was 
was really a wild variety, and they were really testing the waters, I feel like, with a lot of different you, types of shows. in your 80s, do you touch on the late night TV drama? Oh, no, but I can because I know exactly what this is. So, yes. <laughs> okay, so the tea. The tea. It's basically about tea. the Tonight Show. Yes. Because The Tonight Show was hosted in the 70s and I believe 60s too, right? By Johnny Carson? Uh, maybe it, 60s, but it was 70s into 70s, the 80s. 70s into the 80s. Yeah. And I think, I thought he was in there for like almost 20 years. He'd been on there maybe. for he a very been. long time. So when he was set to retire, it was originally supposed to go to David Letterman. Because he was on after him. Because he was on after him. And that's, uh, okay, well, our room's Which haunted. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, so it was originally supposed to go to David Letterman because he was on after. That's how the network has always done it, and that's just the succession of it. Well, around that time, an upper-comer, a new up-and-coming comic named Jay Leno stepped in and took that from David Letterman. And no one said a fucking thing about it, and David yeah. Letterman was pissed. Well, he, had to, he worked... He worked hard. Like, he worked very hard to get there. He is kind of a dick, but that's kind of. I like think Jay Leno's a dick too. I think Jay Leno is way more of a dick. Cannot. I, I actually no. can't stand either of them, so I have no preference. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about them. I really don't. Yeah. They're terrible and creepy, and they were terrible to women. So I don't really. I'm not a fan. I do love the classic interview with Dave Letterman and Cher, though. Because Cher puts up with no bullshit. Yeah. And She's like, I don't want to come on your show because I thought you were a dick. And I love it because but he is. You are. Right. And that is why she is But queen. that was his thing. Is like he wasn't there to make people feel comfortable. Right. But he did do a lot of creepy things. But that's yeah. that's that's a story for another day. But yeah. So there was this huge thing. David Letterman obviously was not quiet about it. He was very vocal about how upset he was. Well, he was always kind of cynical towards his own show to begin with. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like that's why they made that decision. But I'm like, Probably. that's what he did. That was his thing. That's He, he was the cynic. That's... <laughs> He was the jaded asshole. I can respect that as someone whose favorite kind of humor was self-deprecating. Yeah, hello. (laughs) Have we not talked about, like, me being the middle friend slash wife for an entire month now? (laughs) I'm just here. The front wheel of the tricycle. (laughs) Don't worry. Rolling alone. I'm the stick that's in the spoke. (laughs) (laughs) But... Yeah, so it was a huge thing, and then finally, is it CBS that picked him up for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he got picked up on CBS for The Late Show, which we all know, um, and then that now Stephen Colbert is doing after he retired. So that's it was it was a huge, yeah. it was like the biggest slap in the face for talk. Like, it, it, I would say, I don't really understand why they continue to choose Jay Leno because then there's more drama with. Conan. Oh yeah. Conan should have done that because he did earn his place. I mean, he went to TBS. Right. But, like, he was – the reason why is because he was still going to be the Tonight Show host and have the title of the Tonight Show. But the network decided to say, fuck you. We're going to put Jay Leno on just before with a different name but have him have the Tonight Show airtime, which was the airtime to have for the Tonight Show. And – Conan said, no, fuck you. It's been on at this time, on this day, for decades. You're not yeah. changing it or pushing me back. And then finally they said, well, then you're fired. And they basically fired him because he wouldn't change The Tonight Show for them. 
I just don't understand why you would continue to choose Jay Leno. Right, he's just not funny. I don't think he's funny at all. Not funny at all. And yeah. He's just a piece of, oh my God. Conan's and probably my favorite. 100%. He's my favorite. 100%. Austin thinks that's so weird. Why am I oh, no, no, no. <laughs> there was a, um, there was an interview Adam and I watched just last night and it was with him and Timothy Oliphant. And it's, it's a newer one because I think his show's finally ended because of COVID and things yeah. like that. So they were doing like the last little wrap up and it was just like him and Timothy in a room with, like, cardboard cutouts. <laughs> and he, like, is in, the, in, like, the audience there, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just having a conversation. But, like, the humor between those two are, are great. And the reason why I always liked Conan is because he really does try to just go along with the guests, have fun, tell jokes. He doesn't try to be, like, overtly weird or rude like Leno, naturally weird. right? But like you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. I should say creepy. Which yeah. I mean, unfortunately, everybody can be cre- can come off as creepy from time to time. But I feel like he really tries his he hardest owns not it because to. Because of his uh, frail skin, right? And <laughs> he's like, I understand <laughs> that what I look like. <laughs> I know I'm very attractive, but I look like I'm dying. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But yeah. yeah, that was huge, huge. And the '80s was really kind of where talk shows kind of I feel really took off yeah. because you had insane drama and this kind of goes into the 90s a little bit too with like the tonight show and the late show with like madonna flashing people and not caring and just being like whatever screw you calling you out like they just they it was a huge thing i mean that led into like arsenio hall and his talk show i love that show so much so good it was so good um but yeah it was just it was just a very different feel and Talk shows are just like another breed, man. They are. Like, they are. I used to I always watch like, Conan, and then now I have. I, I literally wa- used to watch Conan like every, every night. when he was the late late show. I would watch when it. I was like in high school. I would literally watch it every night, and then even when he moved to TBS, and they would have like marathons and stuff. I would. I would oh. If as it much was as on I could. and I was looking for something to watch, like I would be watching. Oh yeah, because it like, was always it yeah, was always I fun. It was the, one of the only talk shows because sometimes like it's so like there's zero chemistry and like he's the kind of person that like he can own the awkward. Mm-hmm. It's fine, and also it wasn't like forced. Like oh, you have a new movie, let's promote it. Like it wasn't always like right forced, even though it's like you had to do it. And his just, segments were the best. Like yeah. what was it, the hornymanatee.com or something like that? <laughs> he he just said like. On an offhanded comment, because they they did this weird, like, manatee sketch thing, and he was just like, yeah, just visit our website here, you know, just made up a website, and then the next day, he was like, so I found out, uh, you apparently have to have a domain to say a domain, so we had to buy this domain name (laughs) for 10 years, so... Guess we're gonna start doing that. It was like like hornymanatee.com, and literally they just did a segment every night where they were just like voyeuristic manatee, and it was like a guy in a manatee costume and like a shower curtain, and it's just like the most ridiculous oh things. God, and it was just that was the gag because he was like, "So I messed up, and now I we're gonna have fun with we're it. Keep going because this joke was supposed to be a I one-off, and now we're gonna do this until it dies." <laughs> 
I just loved it because it was just so funny. And I just, oh, my God. Or it was different drawings, like, yeah. if, you know, of like, ooh, manatee over here doing this. Or, ooh, manatee doing this. Man, and it was, just, it was just so bad. Oh, my God. I loved it. It was great. But let's move into the 90s here. So the 90s, we saw the expansion, the continuing expansion of cable and now satellite TV, and meaning more and more choices. Uh, so by the end of the decade, about 65 million households had cable subscription services. In addition, several new broadcast networks. My house networks. was not one of them. <laughs> In addition, several new <laughs> broadcast networks had also come into play. TV used to be a shared experience, like you were saying. The the 70s really was the last campfire, campfire like, 70s going into 80s and then really cut off because uh, now with cable and satellite services becoming more acceptable, TVs began to, like, drop in prices. And so now more people could afford them. But also TV began to fragment in the sense of what programs were being aired. So unlike before when programs were like trying to attract a wide audience in the 90s, it was the opposite. Programs tended to attract a smaller audience or de uh, a definite age group, income, or preference in order to attract certain advertisers. So that's where like, you know, Cartoon Network, Kids Toys, Nickelodeon, yeah. Kids Toys, and then you go to NBC and it's like Dad's Tools. Like that's where it, that's where it so was in the 90s. <laughs> Right? That's on Lifetime. Um, <laughs> you can't make it to the bathroom. So, so you had, like, this amalgam of shows that were fragmenting for different age groups, different preferences, and then more TVs in the house that people were really not getting that together family time like they used to. Instead of going, oh, it's 7 o'clock. We all have to be here for 7 o'clock. It's like, it no. it all was downhill from there. Pretty much. Pretty much. Now so families don't exist. I will say the 90s is probably where things for TV were able to really be ignited to what we see now. And the reason why I say that is because they were free to experiment with their own material and went to um, think out of the box. So my Jordan, she's just <laughs> breaking everything. And we no longer have a podcast. No. We're hello? Are we connected? No. Um so they they were allowed to think more outside of the box and create shows that were certainly etched in the minds of the viewers, like little like sparks of odd here and there. Like uh, and it also led to an, an abundance of creativity because from this we got Seinfeld. Alan McBeal, The Simpsons, Beverly Hills 90210, Quantum Leap, The X-Files, and The Real World, which we mentioned last episode. Quantum Leap? Um, <clears throat> so good. Yeah, that was what we mentioned last episode. It's a reality show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking about Quantum, Quantum Leap. Leap. <laughs> it's a good one. I was just being <laughs> shit. Um, uh, so medical... It's a reality show? No. It's <laughs> <I was> <laughs> like, What? <laughs> I was like, wait, if you know the show, why are you asking me this? I'm so confused. Okay, um, but medical uh, and medical mystery dramas were like the big thing to really start up in the 90s because we had ER, Diagnostic Murder, and Chicago Hope. Chicago Hope? Like, I mean, ER was ER, talked I... about. It's what gave George Clooney a fucking name. I have... So many memories of ER as a child, and that's probably not okay, but... 
It's all right, Denise. You're keeping shit real. I mean, without ER, there would be no Grey's Anatomy. So any Grey's Anatomy fan, you're welcome from the 90s. I'm an ER fan. I do not watch Grey's Anatomy. I didn't watch either. Um, oh. It was fine. I actually prefer, like... I don't know. I'll watch, I watch everything. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then you have... <laughs> can't stop laughing. And then... <laughs> the teen dramas started. Yes, Degrassi. Not only Degrassi, but like... First of all, if it wasn't for like... I feel like Beverly Hills 90210, like that start of teen drama yeah. really getting in there and finding that niche... We wouldn't have, like, Saved by the Bell, My So-Called Life, Felicity, Dawson's Creek. I mean, these teen soaps, without them, CW wouldn't exist. C-W. You wouldn't have your Supernatural. You wouldn't have your Supergirl, your Arrow, 100. your 100, your Riverdale, your... Liars. Any of that without this. No I Gossip Girl. River, Riverdale, though, and it's so bad. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but then, from there... It declined from, like, your primetime, like, soap operas to crime dramas and newly popular uh, popularized in a way of escapism, kind of going in from, like, 70s and 80s with uh, that. But then you had NYPD Blue, the beginning of Law & Order. West Wing was Nash that? Bridges. West Wing, yes. West huge. Wing was huge. It was, like, one of the first political yeah. shows that really kind of brought everything into its a chewable... I don't know tablet like where you could actually like it's a chewable tablet. It's your it's your it's your it's your Flintstones political medicine. It's fine one a day and you're fine. No orange is best. Grape is terrible. I'll fight people on that one. Flintstones medicines. Yeah, I know. I hate grape. I don't like artificial grape flavoring. I yeah, me neither. Grape and cherry are the two worst flavors. I like I like orange. I was also conditioned that way. Rachel would always take all those colors, and I would end up with, like, all the citrus. So I'm like, orange and lime are best. I don't like lime, but I like orange and lemon. Uh, I'll do all three. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit about us. I don't us. like artificial lime. I get you. Green it can get a little. Ugh. It can get a little much. Um, so now we're going into something that really changed everything, and it was The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah, Sons. Sons. (laughs) They changed the game by being an animated sitcom and is now one of the longest running TV shows of all time. And and the longest. They're from the future. They really are. They literally predict everything that fucking happens and it's terrifying. I guess that's what happens when you like think of all the weird, kooky things that you don't want to happen and then we're dumb enough to do it. To existence. (laughs) I will make a million dollars. But I mean, they're the longest running animated show of all time. Yeah. And they have over 300 episodes. They span three. They technically started in 1989. That's when their first season happened. And uh, they were on the Tracy Ullman show as like little skit, like tiny blips for her uh, variety show in the 80s. That's where they really started. And then they got picked up and this is where we're at now. It's insane. It's older than I am. It's insane. So then game shows, I feel like, began to gain popularity again. Because, yeah, we kind of had them throughout the 70s and 80s. But 
Yeah, we oh, you're doing a Price is Right. Wheel of Fortune. I was yeah. like, well, I mean, I was seeing the big wheel. Oh yeah, I just was. Yeah, I get yeah, you. Yeah, true. yeah, but the big one was who wants to be a millionaire. I do. I do. I always hated it because, like, those questions always seem super simple to me, but I remember that it's stress that kind of freaks people out, and they're like, meh, I don't know what two and two is. Yeah. And then you do have idiots that go on there, so. Um, That was so iconic. Like, everyone was watching. Everyone was watching. Everyone was watching. Well, it was just like, oh. And I'm like, is anyone going to call me? Because I know the answer. I know. I was like, if you need to call me, who who would you call? Who would you call if you were on the show? Tell me. I need to know your friends list. What's your top ten? This is obviously, like, before MySpace. <laughs> but I was, like, obsessed. I loved it. And I don't – I was always – especially because, like, I was born in 91. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was young at the time. But, like, when I knew one and they're, like, sitting there, like – all questions like you're fucking stupid and you're a whole oh ass adult. God. I know when I, you're a whole ass adult. You're not even half ass adult. I'm like yeah, wow. Whole ass adult. I know I'm like over here going like being like what 11, 12 going I know that. You're dumb. How do you not know that? How dare you not know that? Like I was such I was such a little shit. It was terrible. But and then as an adult, I watch Are You Smarter Than Fifth Grade? I'm like, I am not. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, so it's because I was continually learning as yeah. a child that I was yeah. smart. And it's now I'm I just a fucking dipshit. Shit, and then I done learned how to not know shit. Because I got out of that habit. And apparently it doesn't matter as much as they stress about it in school. Yeah. Great. Um, great. And then, of course, 90s is the birth of the reality TV with the real world in 1982. Um and even though it was in its infancy, it gave a strong indication of what our, what became dominant in the next decade. And so it's, it's, it's been wild. But, like, obviously the big shows to remember from the 90s are, like, Seinfeld because it was literally a show about nothing. I can only handle so many episodes before I just, like, want to bang my head against the wall. Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince. The Simpsons. I don't understand this. And I'm sorry – to anybody who likes the show, I don't understand the big hoopla, but Friends, Friends was like this big thing, and I just found everybody pretentious and annoying. I <laughs> Phoebe was the only good one. Because, like, I loved, I used to watch it all the time, and I loved it, and I felt like it was so relatable because it didn't always glamorize living in New York. Also, mm-hmm. like, you had, you know, people who... For me as a kid, I'm like, they're adults and they're all just friends and roommates. And yeah. It's not, it's, it wasn't just family. And that's, I feel like, why it was, like, so big. Because, I mean, yeah, Seinfeld was kind of like that. But you had... But they were also, like, in their 30s. They were, like, adult adults. And these yeah. people seemed like they were, like, early, mid-20s. Like, woo, we're just getting started in life. You know, kind of stuff. I, I, I just found a lot of the characters just had terrible selfish qualities that I couldn't relate to a lot of them. Like, the only one I really kind of related to was Phoebe, and it was because she was quirky. But I also liked Rachel. I'm going to say it. I fucking liked Rachel. I liked Chandler because of his wit, but I also didn't like him because he was also... Very angry. Very angry. And then Ross is just a literal fucking piece of shit. Don't don't like it. And Joey is just... An idiot. He's a himbo. He's He's a Chad. But then, to me, one of the biggest shows... That I feel like made an impact on me was the X Files, 
Because oh, I loved, yes. I mean, I love anything paranormal now. Now when we're running like downtime, we'll go to Discovery and we'll put on anything what I call our spoops or spoopy shows. I'm like, yeah, let's see paranormal caught a camera. Let's watch some ghost adventures. Let's watch some cryptids. Let me see the spooky. And I mean. I loved it. One episode that, like, really stuck in... There's two episodes that really stuck in my head when I was a kid. One was... It was a episode about old Chupacabra where, like, he was turning into him and it was, like, creepy and it was great, though. The other one was, like, this guy kept hearing a high-pitched noise and he knew it was, like, his brain was going to explode. So he was, like, trying to get to somebody to help him and it was just this big chase and it was just insanity and... It, it turns out that it's something that was, like, being passed along. Like, this is, again, something that I watched, like, 20 years ago. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's been over 20 years. So it's, like, little flashes of it well, I remember. I but gonna, Did they bring it back? Or were they They did bring it back for, like, a couple of seasons, I think. But I just, there was something so special about it yeah. in the 90s. And I don't know. Because I feel like I tried to watch when they brought it back. And like, I was like, eh. It just doesn't have the same vibe. Yeah. But I that show, I love it. I love it. And then, of course, one of the biggest, largest TV shows of all time, Baywatch. It, it was seriously the yeah. most aired television show in the world. Literally, people in bathing suits basically running slow-mo so they could hypersexualize not only women but men for your viewing pleasure. Zero storyline, really. Had people glued to the their seats. Like. I, have not uh, I believe that it's just that exacerbated. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we have Frasier, which is like, I feel like one of the first, uh, it was like, you know, highbrow kind of humor, but with physical comedy too. And it nearly outdid Cheers when it came to like, you know, how many laughs it would get. And it was very witty and things like that. Um, and then I hate. I don't know. I feel like the 90s had a lot of just, they tried so many different things. They were really all there over so the place. There were so many different outlets. And I feel like towards so many different in outlets. the 80s, we were starting to have, you know, more of that expression. And then the 90s, it's like even more. Oh, have insanity. Well, like. People were trying more because they could. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, and you have to think if it wasn't for, you know, People kind of wanting to take risks and exploring it in each decade. We wouldn't have shows like WandaVision, Falcon the Winter Soldier, The Mandalorian. We wouldn't have shows like, um, trying to think of some new ones that recently came out too. I, I know you said that you watch Riverdale, but we wouldn't have that yeah. noir-esque to it. We wouldn't have uh, any of our favorite reality shows. We wouldn't have... Um, My brain is... Blank. I can't think of anything. I know. I barely watch TV. That's the terrible part. But been. there's but there are some things that we'll just go, yeah, let's just throw this on. Or, hey, I heard I need to watch this. So we'll put it on. Like, it's just the platform has just changed. And the budgets, like, they see what you can do with a big budget in a short miniseries of a TV show yeah. is almost equal to or more than the value you get out of a movie. Like, they can make almost more money out of it in the long run if it's done really well. Right. So it's like, now, I mean, I mean, with shows like Game of Thrones, I know it had a bad ending for a lot of people. Like, I haven't seen it. I still like Y'all can at me. I don't care. Um, you haven't watched Game of Thrones? I haven't watched all of it. 
Oh, okay. I haven't either, but I've watched, I'm, like, like a, shocked that you have it. Oh, no, I have, like, we, we watched, I think we're in, like, season three. It's just we're slow about it. What? I just, I don't know. Well, we were waiting for things to come out when it was going to, because we didn't have, like, HBO at the time. Oh. And then life got crazy, and it's really hard to get back into a show like that when you're, like, been it's out of it mentally. I think I watched the first two, three seasons within two weeks, and I haven't touched it in, like, a year. Yeah, yeah. So I'm only in, like, season three. Yeah. I mean, like, it's after, like, one of the big things, and so it's like, eh. yeah. and I don't care. But my point being, that that show shows you that you can do so much with TV now. So much. And then you have, like, Dexter. Dexter. Which might be kind of bad. Mm-hmm. Really. Penny Dreadful. I know that was a big one yeah. for a lot of people. And right now I feel like the, the big one is Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. I feel like besides the Marvel, yeah. Disney, Star Wars stuff that's obviously yeah. getting named because it's big name franchises, I'll agree with you. Probably some of the newer stuff for sure, Handmaid's Tale. I mean, they just, I haven't started the new season, but I was all up to date and I had one of my coworkers like, do you watch, do you watch that? And I was like, oh yeah, I haven't watched the new season yet. She goes, I just started. It's like, what? What do you mean you just started? Like, it blows my mind that like. That's I mean, how people probably feel about when I, like, up until last year, like, I never watched Game of Thrones. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched Handmade in Stale, but also we don't have Hulu, so. Oh, well. It's see, like, and just... until I get Hulu, it's like, I can't watch it. So that's the only problem I that I have with those sometimes streaming off of things. It's because it's like, mm, but it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. But no. Um, so, yeah, TV has definitely changed. I'm curious to uh, know what your favorite decade of tv shows are which ones were really impactful for you guys if you uh felt like you know the 90s fresh prince like we talked about kind of earlier in our personal favorite episodes really you know struck home with you or if it happened to be boy meets world awesome or even if you go into the 70s and you're like i loved the bionic woman (laughs) like okay which i know it's like 70s going into 80s but Yeah, if you're like, the bionic woman's with my shit, sweet. Tell me if you love MacGyver. I love MacGyver. MacGyver is, like, underrated. I fucking love that show. It's so bad, it's so good. Like, It's so bad, it's so good. I mean, masterpiece. I remember I had never watched, I had never watched it until, like, three or four years ago. And it happened to be on Hulu and we had it at the time. And I was like... This is the best thing ever, and we fall and we fell asleep yeah. to it every single night. Hulu has a lot. They have the Mary Tyler Moore shorts oh show too. I know we need to get back into it. We, we had this year through us a lot of curveballs, so we I had to cancel. That I like that show. Do you like that show? I love that. show. Oh my god, I didn't know. Thank you. Thank cool. You. <laughs> so yeah, please let us know what your favorite TV show and era of TV is um, at Lifeorama podcast uh, on Facebook and life underscore O underscore Rama uh, at, on Instagram. And don't forget to check out our non-existent Twitter at, um, oops, we forgot to still make one of those. <laughs> it's yeah. been a year. <laughs> it's been so long. It's been. No, I'm joking. I'm not going there. Nope. What's it been? <laughs> <laughs> one year so you can have a Twitter. Well, and don't forget next month, our big new topic. Our big new topic. Um, We're loud and we're proud and we're just going to talk about um, pride. Yay! Different people in the LGBTQ 
Plus community. Plus community. Yeah. Pioneers, um, if you will. Yeah, people who have inspired us continue to inspire us, and we feel like maybe you know about them, and maybe not, but we'd just like to shine some light on their life since they've shined light in ours. Mm-hmm. And it'll be exciting because... Um, this year, we'll actually be able to celebrate Pride since we had no. to pump the brakes on it last year. But Why? Okay. I'm just going to mention. Our Pride is in July. It, it, between, well, Cinco de Mayo is even in June. So everything I knew got, that. everything I knew, got kind I didn't of, know that, but. everything got pushed. And then with College World Series possibly being, going on, yeah. it, it's just hard to. I'm going to be out of town. So I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's, it's just the timing of everything. Cause It'll yeah, be okay, yeah. So I'm excited to be a We're part of be that. Prideful, oh yes. Yeah. So I'm very excited to um, talk about different pride leaders, uh, activists, uh, visionaries. All next month, it'll be great. It'll just be Pride Pioneer Month, and y'all can just listen to it. Just, just show up and listen. You'll enjoy it. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and on that note, remember, life's a bitch. Don't let it fuck you. And keep rolling on.